0: Three men and a little baby. Welcome to Hand of Pod. and girls, welcome to episode 350 of Hand of pot I can't believe we've got this far. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by English Dan.
1: Hello and welcome.
0: Andres. Hello and welcome. And English Dan's little boy, Noel, who's just going to go through to the next room because he's just started to cry. Hello. Bye-bye Noel. See you <laughs> later. Bye. He's much noisier than Latrice is of us, so... But, uh, yes and he scratches he about it. as hard
1: as well possibly because he has very long fingernails for, uh, for a baby which I, is I, quite I
0: surprising both of those things are, are healthy uh, if we're talking about a human baby I In suppose way, they might yeah. not be for a cat um, mm. uh, you've just reminded me I've got to clip Latisha, Latrice's talons as well when um, I get home <laughs> anyway we are sponsored um, by Fanatis you remember last week I said don't try out the seven day free trial just yet because there was no Superliga football last mm. weekend well do try it out now You can get it by going to fntz.co/hop, and if you use the discount code H-O-P-F-Z, then you will get 20% off your first three months, as well as that seven-day free trial. Fanatis is a service which allows you to watch the Superliga, the Copa Argentina, uh, and loads of other competitions from South America, and if you're in the United States, from around the rest of the world as well. from outside Argentina, so check it out. That again is fntz.co slash and the discount code is H-O-P-F-Z. You will be helping us by trying. Thank you very much. Um, we're also supported by our Patreon supporters. If you want to become one of them, you can go to patreon.com/slash handofpod, you can give us some money, and we in return will give you a little bit of extra content each week. We've got a particularly on topic um, on, on, up to the minute. Um, topical uh, Topic for this week topical topic Could yeah. we say At some point I'll learn how to talk properly um, yeah. After 350 episodes of podcasting It still hasn't happened yet But anyway um, So yes Thank you very much To our patrons And if you want to become One of them Patreon.com Slash I'm going to take you Very quickly Through the results From the weekend
1: Because we did have Some football Aside from A tiny little big bit
0: event. No domestic football But there were two Argentina matches One was the Women's Pan American Games Football Final in which our girls fought their way to a um, very valiant 1-1 draw with Colombia before losing 7-6 in on kicks from the penalty spots, uh, mean, meaning that Colombia took the Pan American gold medal and Argentina took silver for the first time in the women's tournament. And in the men's tournament, uh, it was or, or the boys' tournament, we should say, because really, it's an under-23 tournament uh, mm-hmm. on the male side... Um, it was a slightly easier um, test for Argentina, who, although, as we said last week with Andres, didn't really catch very many of the games until the final, um, the impression that I was getting throughout was that Argentina were, were the best team there. Um, and so it proved. They were helped by two goals in the space of about three minutes mm-hmm. during the, about halfway through the second half to a 4-1 win over Honduras uh, and therefore claim a title which unfortunately doesn't. Officially bring to an end the men's full national
1: team's uh, <laughs> run without a title. But it is the first title, I think, uh, like a world title at least since 2008, right? The Olympic Games. Is it? There's, there's oh, yeah, been a right, few right, yeah. uh, <laughs> South American championship wins for the under 20s, the under 17s, but nothing at, at world level, only oh. continental.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yes.
1: Is that right, Andres? That about right. Yeah, like yes. And, uh, that, yeah. Argentina
2: most o- won almost the same amount of uh, gold medals as titles, uh, lifting trophies mm-hmm. uh, in the last times. Because uh, we in a in, in hundred of extra episode we, we talked about the mm-hmm. the competitions in which Argentina took part in Copa America and w- when even when Copa America was called say, some other name and which I don't remember. Uh, and the Argentina won only four titles in the last 50 years, something like, mm-hmm. well, not very, a very great number, but they won a lot of uh, also gold medals, uh, which of course doesn't count, as you say, as titles, official titles, but for, for the men or for the kids, uh, of course count. Yeah, so
1: nice title to have. The um, result was a little bit flattering, I must say and it, watch again.
0: yeah as I said those two goals in this but I'm just looking at it now and it was Agustin, Valenzuela and goal, I think yeah Agustin mm-hmm. very early on seven minutes in put Argentina up Um uh, Douglas Martínez equalised for Honduras just before the break and then in the second half there were goals in the 58th 61st and 65th minutes so it was mm. actually even more than I, I thought I remembered it was three goals in the space of seven minutes um, those are from Carlos Valenzuela Lucas Nekul and uh, Fausto Vera, who's mm-hmm. a somewhat unusual goal scorer, because he's a defensive midfielder, yes. popping up with the fourth goal. Header, I think it was, yes, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, so that kind of uh, flurry of goals took Argentina to perhaps a more comfortable win than, as you say, than, than they might have deserved. But I, I think they, overall they merited the um, the win. And what I heard throughout the tournament really was... After we kind of mocked one of the Batistas getting the under-23 job back when it happened, which was, what, maybe 11, 10 or 11 months ago, something like that? The under-20 job, originally. Yes, of course, stages. yeah. Um, I feel like it was around, yeah, just after I got back from a holiday last year. It, like, November, december yeah. Um, we, we sort of mocked it when it happened, but what all I've heard, again, having only watched the final, really, of, in terms of full matches at the Pan American Games, um, is that the football played by Argentina under him... Has been really good. Like, not not only have they got a, a strong squad and been able to rely on that, but also he's he's got them playing um, decent stuff as a team. Yes, and as I said
2: uh, in last episode, building a team with no players, mostly none. Uh, we we now, we know we know or we knew Valenzuela who's a Baraja Central guy. Uh, of course, now we they will play in the Primera Nacional the second division not the first division mm. uh, the club uh, which present whose president was uh, Chiquitapia and um, Nekul a, a guy from Arsenal who well they are now at first division uh, again but yes with, with players that uh, before the Panamericanos we perhaps I, I, I didn't even hear of them you uh, know
1: Valenzuela uh, yes. I've been following for a while because he was um, on the books of Racing before oh. I remember when he was about 14, 15, he was a, he was a YouTube sensation of those uh, types of YouTube sensations that occasionally pop up in the world of football because he scored just thousands and thousands of goals basically for Racing's, I think it was sexta or séptima which would be what, under fourteens, under 15 kind of level. Um, and he, did, he managed to, um, to play at least one game in, in the first team of Racing, which was a friendly, I believe, against Independiente. We're probably talking about 2000 and f- 2014 or 2015, possibly when he was about 18. So he's 22 now. So
0: you know, you'd be looking at four years ago, around there, yeah.
1: And then there was some kind of problem with him. Um, the The word was that he'd uh, he had a a money grabbing agent, which might sound you know kind of like a a logical redundancy to say those two words together. <laughs> Um, and after one friendly appearance in the first team he was already looking for a new contract uh, that didn't go, go down all too well with Racing he was, um, instead of staying with the first team he went to, to the reserves and, and again he didn't seem to really be applying himself at that level even in the reserve team he was kind of in and out he wasn't having uh, the same impact as he, as he did all through the, through the youth system um they said he, his head was rather inflated. He was sent off, I think this was two years ago, he was sent off online to Nueva Chicago. I think their first season back in the National League after going down.
0: Three years ago. In fact, Three years ago. i at his
1: Wikipedia page now. There we go. Uh, he didn't do anything really at Chicago either. And last year, so that would have been the start of the 2018-19 season, Racing uh, rescinded his contract um, He became a free agent And he basically, yeah After being this massive promise This guy, he's a For those of you who didn't watch the Pan American Games For whatever reason, probably because <laughs> you have a life um, He's a little Left-footed number 10 uh, Number 10, second striker Very good on the ball An excellent uh, delivery of set pieces Very good player and, But yeah, after all that Talk of him being the next youth sensation, the uh, Santiago del Estero Lionel Messi was one of the tags being thrown around of course, um, he pretty much had to start again, he signed with Barracas Central who at that time were in the Metropolitana, the, the third division, no one was really giving him the time of day and he went on to have a fantastic season for Barracas, I think he scored about 20 goals in the, in the Metro. Uh, He's scored to, exactly 20 goals in the back if, his, so if the Wikipedia numbers yes. are, are accurate. Yeah, uh, To basically spearhead their, their pretty impressive promotion campaign accusations of fixing the entire league notwithstanding. But even so, I remember when this Pan American uh, game squad first came out, there was kind of these sm- snarky comments going around when on Twitter and and all that, saying, Ah, look, uh, a Baraka Central player. Oh? I wonder how he got there. Ah, yeah. And, you know, well, pictures of Tapia looking pensive and, and menacing. And in
0: fairness to Claudio Tapia, that's not a phrase I ever thought I would say, but let's let's use it anyway. In fairness to him, one of the reasons that Valenzuela got there was the fact that so many of the established first divisions are refused yes. to allow players to be called up. Yeah. So, I mean... Yes. Again, th- th- these yes. people, as we were saying with uh, Tata Martino when he was trying to name the Olympic squad in 2016 yeah. and ended up walking out over the fact that yeah. none of the clubs were releasing people and then the day after he left, suddenly all the players are available for training. No, indeed. Um, um, what you can you say the, about... The club directors the same people who are the athlete directors. And yes. That's
2: for the ones who's, who perhaps may think that Chiquitapia doesn't know about football uh, because you have to have an eye to to get a player who was uh, perhaps quit by racing or other teams and, and, and well, uh, which is of course you understand that uh, he perhaps was not a,
1: a player for his big team but he found his his space there. And Yeah, completely. It's going to be an interesting one to watch in the National League this season. I think he scored four goals in all in the Pan- Pan-American games, right? Uh. And he had a... Let's, let's say, say the yes. The Wikipedia page yes. says he's
0: got three goals in five appearances.
1: But it, of course, might not be entirely up to date. So... Yeah. Three or four, let's say, at fun. least. And he had a brilliant partnership with uh, Adolfo Lecce, of course. And the parallel I've seen mentioned recently is that with, um, with Ezequiel Lavesi, who started his career... It was with San Lorenzo, right? At his first club? Yes. Didn't make the grade and had to go down to the third division where he played for... Uh, Estudiantes de Caseros de Buenos Aires mm. um, and thanks to I think he had one season in, at Estudiantes kind of managed to build his confidence back up after it took a bit of a hit at a top level and yeah the rest of his history he's now one of the best played players and paid players in the world um, so yeah fingers crossed that Venezuela, after kind of going off the rails a bit as a as a teenager when he seemed to have the whole world at his feet maybe he's had a little bit of a uh, a bit of a dose of reality yeah, and reality worked out too. that you actually do have to work hard and and not be an idiot to, to make it as a professional footballer despite all indications <laughs> to the contrary and perhaps yeah this time next year we're talking about him at, at a big argentine club or possibly even a club in uh, in the foreign, in El Estranjero. Yeah, or maybe a move to China, as see eventually. Oh, very possibly a move to China, yes. Watch this space. Watch this space.
0: Um, one of the other stars, I mean, th- there are two mm. obvious other attacking stars who are arguably more obvious than Valenzuela, at least in terms of name recognition, at the start of the tournament. And in fact, Dan, since um, I was just correcting you on the Wikipedia thing, is it, I, I went through while you were talking and counted up the goals that he actually scored mm-hmm. on the football at the 2019 Pan American Games um, Wikipedia page and he does in fact have four so Excellent. well done um, the two who I think we could have picked out before the tournament I would have picked
1: out when as well then, if you'd asked indeed me indeed you would
0: um, but Adolfo Gaich <laughs> and yes. Agustin Orsi are the two probably least original calls but they both had decent tournaments as well Gaich mm-hmm. didn't actually score in the final but, but he brought his teammates into it well he acted as a decent outball after that very early Goal in the first half when Argentina kind of ended up sitting back a little bit and playing on the counter for a lot of the first half. Um, Núñez scored the opener. opener Yeah, he's kind of been playing this. um,
1: He's kind of been playing this role of uh, of kind of of peak uh, Gonzalo Higuain. You know when he was playing and maybe he wasn't scoring every game, but he did a lot for Argentina. Kind of letting in letting in his teammates. In in fairness, and holding up the ball. You're talking about Gage, right? Yes He
0: did score in every game Until the final though uh, One in each Yeah but group. even when he's oh, not scoring the first. Yeah. Yeah. What well, I'm getting at is Even when on he's not scoring team.
1: He's a guy who's always involved Always Yeah Letting in his teammates Even if it's not for himself No, no absolutely yeah Now we'll
2: have to see And there is a question about it Whether Pizzi Takes him into account For the For, for San Lorenzo Yes we have a question
1: on that yeah. Later Indeed we, we we'll do. Say that later um, Moving to the ladies I this, didn't watch the ladies I think I passed out so It was an
0: historic tournament for them. Mm. Um, Argentina, just to t- take you back through it, um, it, it, in a way, it's kind of a bigger deal as well for, for the women than it is for the men. Um, partly because of the 2019 that Argentina's women have had in particular, but also because the Pan American Games women's tournament isn't an under-23 one. It's uh, yeah, an, an age-restricted one, I
1: believe. But or did Brazil Argentina's and those teams take full-strength teams? I wouldn't have thought so uh, Well Brazil
0: weren't in it So no they didn't uh, Brazil the, weren't the, in it? No they weren't uh, The teams who qualified US, for so it Were Mexico, Jamaica, Paraguay, Colombia In Group A yeah. and Panama, Costa Rica, Argentina and Peru So Brazil um, and the US didn't enter And the others I'm Guessing to make it, that f- make it fairer Yeah That What does it say about this? The United States and Canada Declined to participate okay. In order to focus on the, on the Women's World Cup uh, Looks like Brazil might have just Failed to qualify altogether Hmm Um The three teams ranked from third to fifth. Ah, because this counts as an Olympic Games qualifier or something, doesn't it? So the teams from third to fifth in the 2018 Copa America Femenina qualified. Right. And Peru qualified automatically as hosts. So Brazil
1: were already in the Olympics, so they didn't have to... Presumably. Didn't. I'm guessing,
0: yes. Uh, Anyway. Uh, In the group stage, um, we talked about it all very briefly at the time, but Argentina got a 3-0 win over Peru... A 1-0 win over Panama and then a pretty decent uh, 0-0 draw with Costa Rica, which I actually did manage to watch most of when that one was played, um, which was a, a fairly decent performance. I mean, both sides knew that, that they were already through um, by that point and it was largely sort of playing for, to decide the group winners. Um, but I, I quite enjoyed that game. Um, and then in the semis they got, that's right, a 3-0 win over Paraguay mm-hmm. um, before this uh, 1-1 draw with Colombia. And we, I, I've been kind of waiting to go into more detail about this because uh, Tony has got a friend who he wants to bring along to a recording at some point who is, in fact, was, was following the team at the Pan American Games, uh, which is why she wasn't able to, to join us in the last couple of weeks. Um, but they're still unable to, to join in and it seems like the right kind of time to mention this. So the women's team prior to the Pan American Games had a something of a falling out with Carlos Borrello, the manager, uh, very long term manager of the Argentine uh, women's national team. Uh, He was in charge for the 2007, hang on, what year are we in now? We're in 2019, so four years ago. He was in charge for the the 2007 uh, Women's World Cup when Argentina were in the same group as Japan and got thrashed by them. He was also in charge um, in the 2011 Women's World Cup when they were in the same group as England and got thrashed by England. And then, of course, for the last campaign when they failed to qualify. Um, So the results against Japan and England this time around this year at the Women's World Cup will no doubt have felt like uh, karma for him. Albeit perhaps not in the sense that Argentines like to use the word karma because they all seem to think it means bad luck when it doesn't. But anyway, uh, that's just me being a religious studies graduate and being pedantic. Well, not pedantic, correct. Anyway. (laughs) uh, One can be both, right? My point is, well, yes, Yes. one can be. But in this case, I don't think that pedantry is really the right word. It's just just knowing what karma means. Um, But my point is (laughs) that a number of the players, especially the the sort of top stars, Stefania Banini, one one of the more notable ones, um, kind of got a bit fed up with him or seemed to get a bit fed up with him during the World Cup because of all of the safety-first football Uh, that he was playing and at the World Cup I sort of sympathised to a degree I thought well if you're being stuck in the same group as as two of the tournament favourites both of whom have thrashed you black and blue in in your most recent meetings with them at World Cups and if the previous two World Cup appearances that you have are like a collective goal difference of about minus 53 and zero points I can kind of understand playing safety first and going for a couple of draws Um, but as we said at the time that final group stage 3-3 draw with Scotland, I thought, made me wonder what could have been if they'd opened up a little bit from 3-0 down coming back to draw 3-3. I thought, yeah, you know, if they could have attacked a little bit more. Um, But the fallout of of this clash between the technical team and the players was that a number of them, Banini included, uh, didn't get called up for the Pan-American games and their complaints only came out afterwards and so it kind of got reported in a lot of places as they were excluded from the squad and then they attacked the manager for leaving them out when in right. fact it seemed like the actual order that those things had happened in was the opposite to the order they have been reported in if that makes sense um, the core of the squad was still the same I mean, the, just looking down the list of penalty scorers there are, there are names that you'll recognise if you're following Argentina at the Women's World Cup Mariana La Roquette um, Eliana Stabile um, uh, I've forgotten her first name but Santana Aldana Cometi Stabile.
2: It's a surname we
0: we know. Perhaps, Indeed, or... yes. Yeah, I don't. I, I've, I've looked into it. I don't, I'm pretty sure she's not any relation because I've never seen it mentioned that she's a relation to Geshelmois Uh That would be fantastic if she was, but she doesn't appear to be. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, and most of the squad is 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 very similar. Um, and I did think, watching the final, they could have let themselves go a little bit. I and mean, Colombia took the lead um, through Catalina Usme. Who had a really good game um, Argentina equalised 8 minutes afterwards and then started going back into their shells again and it, it, it was a bit like but, they were only really trying to attack once they were behind and then as soon as they really started to put some concerted pressure on they managed to score and then they retreated back into the shells again and so I started to think yeah I mean I, I can kind of see what they mean about if you were one of the more attacking players particularly you might not necessarily be enjoying yourself much I think it looked like Colombia anymore. was a more reliable team overall. Mm. Uh, of course, Argentina. Well, they're far more developed. You know, women's yes. football in Colombia is stronger than yes. it is in Argentina. Yes, yes. It, it, I think it
2: was uh, uh, shown there in in the final. Was you could see that Colombia was more self confident. That of course, Argentina had their possibilities, and in fact, they 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 forced a, a shootout, a penalty shootout. But yes, uh, even so, it is a great. Uh, The 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 World Cup you mentioned, uh, being being in the verge of of qualifying for the for the knockout stage, and this uh, silver medal is uh, of course a a huge advance for Argentina.
0: Yeah, Uh, it was the first. It it was going to be the the first uh, opportunity to play for a title they won since the 2008 Campeonato Sudamericano. I think that they want to get into that uh, twenty eleven Women's World Cup. Um, while we're here just a, a word on Lacey Santos who I thought stood out as the, the woman of the match um, for Colombia number 10 she's tiny um, <laughs> and I thought well, while I was watching it I mean it wasn't only me everybody on Twitter was watching as well and the commentators were saying oh she's having a fantastic game um, and I looked her up afterwards and it turns out she plays for Atletico Madrid so
1: not yeah. really that surprising I mean, exactly yeah. um, but no it's, it's a good how tiny is tiny by the way Pardon? how tiny is tiny T- on, I'm not uh, I mean, sure. Looked,
0: she looked tiny. Let's look her up on Wikipedia and see whether. Yeah, she's five foot two and a half, so she's like. like not that small. Um, it's Is it? pretty. I mean, com- compared with the rest of the, the the players on the on the pitch, yeah. she appeared to be definitely yeah. the smallest one by a distance. I guess as
1: someone who lives with someone who's a metre fifty, maybe that I've got a different scale. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. My,
0: my girlfriend's about five foot nine, so yeah I I, I kind of think five five, two and a half is about my mum's height and I I think my mum is tiny so yeah Uh, anyway (laughs) Um, well done to Argentina's uh, women at the Pan American Games Um, and it's going to be interesting to follow what happens next particularly with Borrello particularly with what happens uh, with the league professionalising we have talked about it a fair bit River have now signed professional contracts like Bocca's squad have done as well Mm -hmm. all of them too much less fanfare than San Lorenzo's ladies did um, like two and a half or three months ago now. But the deadline's coming up, so they should all have signed professional contracts by now, whether it's been so? or not, yeah. teams in the first division. Um, I think I read about one team who have chosen to drop down to the second division as well, uh, rather than sign professional contracts. And the playing squad of that club, I can't remember which club it was, it wasn't one of the big ones, um, are understandably... Quite pissed off. That, yeah, I
1: can't it? imagine they'd be happy. It's like you'd prefer relegation to play, paying your players. Yeah, so to, to paying your, pay your players a pretty
0: pitiful wage. A as pretty well, pitiful wage. And, and a wage that, yes. that has got more pitiful in the last few days, as we will discuss on Hand of Pod Extra. Yes. Um, but for now, we're going to take a break. Uh, we will come back after that break to talk through some listeners' questions and uh, one or two other things that I've forgotten about just now. But the we'll biggest game about. of the
1: week. Um, Involving a certain World Cup winner. Of oh
0: course. yes, of course. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll do that. As
1: Mysterious. Well. So
0: <laughs> hang around to find out what Dan was talking about just then. We'll be back in a second. the second half Dan what were you talking about just just before the break there
1: I was talking about Tuesday's uh, historic Copa Argentina game between Daniele De Rossi and Almagro now oh, it, stop well, that, at least that sounded that, yeah. um, that was how it was presented to us at least indeed Uh,
0: What what happened in Tuesday's match between Daniele De Rossi and Almagro?
1: Daniele De Rossi had a really good start to that game against Almagro, playing single-handedly, of course. Somehow managing to score a header from a free-kick that no one had taken because he was playing alone um, to put Daniele De Rossi 1-0 up. Then he got a booking for sliding in rather ferociously. I think he got a bit of the ball as well. Uh, but it was kind of a last-ditch tackle because there was no one else on the field, of course. It's kind yeah. of impressive he only got one bucket. Um Unfortunately, in the second half, uh, Daniele De Rossi uh, came off for no one. For so, someone who
0: wasn't Daniele De Rossi. For someone
1: who wasn't Daniele Matt. De Rossi. Um, and Amagro scored, logically, because there were no players left on the pitch. Um, and they went on to win the ensuing penalty shootout against no one again logically since there was no goalkeeper or opposition players to take the the penalty so I think I've uh, rinsed this um, yeah, I think we've absurdity got... for as long as it can go I think uh, Boca... understood the joke by now yes um, yeah. I thought I'd taken it to to its own <laughs> ridiculous conclusion uh, yes Daniele De Rossi made his long 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 awaited Boca debut I was surprised he could even walk considering everything that's been said about him for the last three weeks since arriving in Buenos Aires was about him eating in uh, assorted Buenos Aires parishas and, <laughs> yes. and sightseeing, basically. Uh, Getting
0: offered pizza by his teammates, because I'm sure as a, you know, an Italian, he's probably never seen a pizza. i would heard
1: that um, he was promised an asado as long as he made them some, some pastas, because as we know, there are no pastas in, in Buenos Aires either. No, it's really difficult yeah. to get hold of. And he looked good. Obviously, it was Daniele De Rossi, a guy who won the World Cup and was a star for Roma for God knows how many years playing against uh, Almagro, who were in uh, the second division. Uh, but he's, he held his sign. Um, more than can be said for, for most of the, the rest of the Boca team, who didn't really seem to take the match particularly seriously, um, especially once they went 1-0 up. Through, uh, through De Rossi's header There was a definite drop off in intensity and, and the goal Which I believe was scored by an ex Boca player yes. El Burrito yes. Juan Manuel Martinez It was indeed, yeah A uh, product of a pretty terrible fuck up Yes, by uh, Marcos Diaz um, The fact Marcos Diaz was playing Tells you a little bit about How seriously Boca were taking this game It was uh, a mixed side would that be fair to say?
0: I mean, I'm looking at the starting 11. Diaz in goal is obviously second string. Marcelo Vaigant is uh, one of these players, who's expected to play a few first-team games this season when they rotate. Lopez and Alonso, I would guess, is going to be... It's not really the first... No, it's not at all, in fact, is it? The no. first... Isquerdos uh, is, is injured? Isquerdos yeah. is injured, you're quite right, yeah. So it's not fully second string for that reason. But my guess is that they wouldn't have played him if he had been fit. Frank Fabre at left-back is, I think... At the moment, still as we were saying last week, Bocca's reserve left back, but I doubt he's going to be for much longer. No, I, he was one of I the. I must pla- admit, I didn't see the game. On he was one of the guys either. who did play was, well, yeah. uh,
1: along with De Rossi.
0: Um, and then the midfield looks a little bit strong. Salvio on the right, who's obviously when he gets match fit, going to be in the starting eleven as well. Nicolas Capaldo, who's been in and around the first team squad, De Rossi, um, and then Alexis Macallister, who's the best player the club has got at the moment. He had a stinker um, on Tuesday, I must say. Did it. he? It was not very In good spite of say. actually sending in the free kick that De Rossi had at home. Yes, but he wasn't. Um, that was about oh, all And then did. Sarate and Avila from front yeah. is, is full story. So yeah, it, it's... A mix. A distinctly second string, back five. Yeah. And a seemingly more or less first choice
1: from five or six. Yeah, missing Marconi, of course, and a couple of other guys, but... No, it wasn't a bad team by any means, but... Yeah, once it went one new up, they just seemed to drop off, stop taking it seriously, and Almagro, credit to him, made him pay. And it's some a some paradox because
0: it is a luxury team which is Boca against Limousin. Yes, uh, Limousin, or Limousin, or however the hell you say it. Uh, Christian Gonzalo Limousin, the Almagro goalkeeper, who saved two of the. Um, Kicks from the
1: penalty spot in the shootout. They were some terrible penalties, to be fair. Macallister yeah. and Hurtado both
0: had them saved, and then Eduardo yeah. Salvio hit his off-target altogether, apparently. Right, yeah, it
1: skied it over the bar. And Hurtado's kick as well. Was, I think someone I read said it was possibly the worst on-target penalty oh, s- you'll yeah. you'll see. I saw that, and that's not yeah. a fair. That's not an unfair description. I mean, the Copa Argentina it was always going to be Easy. kind of the third. Priority for for Boca this season after the Libertadores and and the league, but yeah, they're not going to be particularly happy. Yeah, they they want uh, two copas. Like
2: they would they want two Copa Argentinas. You will say of all three tournaments, perhaps it's not the best, the, the top
1: priority, but they have two teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they shouldn't be losing at some level. No, at that's that's a fair enough to say.
0: I guess it kind of blows the rest of the Copa Argentina open. Um, in a way, or it it might do a little bit more if River Plate were also out of it, which they're not at the moment. But, um, yeah, Boca are Ra- Ra- out, the, the other Ra- So, this is the 16th of final that we're in at the moment. Real Pilar, of course, have already put Belgrano out. Um, we didn't actually mention that, but that happened about three weeks ago. Uh, Vishal Mitre put San Martin de San Juan out. So, this is the third shock of three matches so far in the last 32, you could say. Um, we've got Patronato versus Independiente, All Boys versus Central Córdoba, San Martín de Tucumán against Argentinos Juniors, Sol de Macho versus Colón de Santa Fe, uh, Patronato versus Independiente, ah, I see, right, that's been cancelled and rescheduled, that's why that's showing up twice, Arsenal against Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, and Estudiantes de San Luis versus Barracas Central, all already have, theoretically, dates, but of course it's a little bit messed up because some of these games have already been played Racing Boco Unidos was the last 64 rather than the last 32 <laughs> which makes it tremendously it's a uh, state confusing to read through it. this um, River uh, River of course yes they put Gimnasio uh, de Mendoza out on penalties didn't they just before the uh, Libertadores got they played the
1: third straight Mendoza team now right uh, I can't see who they're playing in the last they've already beaten um, in, Independiente <laughs> the, de in the pinion, and Mendoza and I believe now they're playing gole cruz
0: ah well that could be an interesting one
1: yeah on neutral territory
2: And at the same time before <laughs> we start talking about other subjects uh, at the same time that Boca was playing and I assume I was everyone say, was playing know. that uh, was watching that match because it was the Rossi there uh, in the event uh, also played their match against Independiente.
0: Well, another Independiente. Yeah, it, it was a, a mixed game really for Independiente because they both got eliminated and advanced to the um, semifinals uh, in as much as Independiente, de Argentine lot, went out and Independiente del Valle, the Ecuadorian team, went through. Uh, that was courtesy of a 2-1 win for... Uh, no, hang on. Was It It was 1-0 for Independiente, independiente del Valle on the day in... Wherever they play, no, in Quito, which is not, in fact, where they play their home games normally, but it is at continental level, um, which meant that they went throwing away goals because they lost the first leg 2 1. Um, So, unlucky Independiente, that leaves River and Boca as the only Argentine side still representing Argentina in continental football in 2019.
1: And that's the third uh, Grande Continental scalp for Independiente del Valle. The year that they made the final of the Libertadores, oh, they knocked out the River year, and Boca. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah. No, three in one year would be would be a lot. Mm. Still pretty impressive for a team very few people would have even heard of until, what was it, 2017 they did that?
2: 16, no, so
0: 16 was 16, the daily Because in 17, yeah. River
1: made the semis and went yes, up the of the
0: Libertadores. Yes. There we go. Um, so yeah, so 16 was when, what did they do? They put River out in the... In the Quartz. Round of in the, semis. the 16 and Bokker in the courts. I think it was, yes. it? Yeah? No,
1: Boca in the Semis,
0: I think it was. Yes. Ah, yeah, yes. there was somebody else in between. You're quite right, yeah. Um, anyway, well done to Independiente del Valle. Unlucky to Independiente. Um, shortly after we finish recording, t- in fact, what's, what's the time right now? Oh, yeah, in like 25 minutes' time, uh, Colón are going to host Zulia of Venezuela. Uh, Colón have already lost the first leg of that one, 1-0
1: that uh, was a game reasons. that kicked off at something like midday, right? Or really five early because, because... Well, five of, in the afternoon hour yeah.
0: time, so three in the afternoon Venezuelan time. Yeah, but I, I, it, um, Since that game much earlier on in the Libertadores, near the start of the year in the group stage, I think, it was it Flamengo? Mm-hmm. There was a power cut in the middle of the game. Yeah. Or there was a power cut before it kicked off, so it had to be delayed like 16 hours and played the yeah. following afternoon. And, and the subsequent electricity problems in Venezuela all year. They've moved all of the Venezuelan sides to kick off in the afternoon, so that that's not the risk. Um, so yes, you're you're quite right. It did kick off very early. Uh, Sulia won that one one nil with a very very late, if I remember right. I was watching it or I was half watching it. Yeah, it was quite late, mm-hmm. 88th minute um, mm-hmm. goal from Abel Casci. Uh, we mentioned this, yeah, yeah, yes, but too. it
2: was strange that we were starting.
0: A recording on the match was has already finished, yeah. <laughs> Just finished when we started, yeah. Although last week, of course, it was, yeah. Yes, um, and that's so, more
1: convenient we, for Hand to pop. Maybe
0: they should do all games like that, they should, yeah. in my opinion, yes. even though it wouldn't really be the same, uh, <laughs> watching the Libertadores in broad daylight all the time. <laughs> but it, yeah, um, it would also free up evenings to uh, do other stuff, Indeed. um, and then uh, Colon versus Sulia, then is going to be in a little while. So if you listen until the very end of this podcast after the theme music. As usual, I will give you the full-time score and what it means. If Colón go out, then there will be no more Argentine representation. So I just said a couple of minutes ago that River and Boca were the last yes. Argentine sides left representing Argentina. Which could be true
1: by the time this Which comes might, out. It but it might be true way. by the time this goes so online. Supporters, fact, probably
0: will be if Colón play yes. the way they did last Thursday.
1: <laughs> so if there,
2: is, there are any Colón supporters listening, please, uh, sorry. About that. Yes, He's don't a... be
0: offended, please. Um, we'll move on to listeners' questions now. First, we had some oh, sad news to translate. Do, yes, go on. Um, you can be our bearer or bad news, yes. don't you?
1: Thank you. Uh, José Luis Tatabron, or Brón, as Carlos Bilardo always used to pronounce it, <laughs> passed away on Monday. Uh, he was the guy who scored the first goal of... The 1986 World Cup final between Argentina and West Germany. The only goal of his international career. The only goal of his international career, that make, which makes him one of only seven Argentines to have scored a goal in, in a World Cup final. I looked up. And five in the modern era. See if you can can name them all. I did an article on this a little bit earlier. Well, Borrell so got two in the same final, didn't he? No, one. Oh, you only got one? Oh, you're quite. Yeah, right. then, of course
0: he did. Who was the other one? Well Yes. Uh, Kempes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did he score two in 78? He did score two. Um, and the other Argentine Luka? one was. Luque, wasn't it? Was it Luque? No. no. Oh. I'm guessing Stabby they must have done in 1930.
1: Um, Let's just see the modern era Mendes. otherwise it'll be. Oh, okay. Just the modern, yeah, okay. So five in um, the modern era, including Brown. Hmm. So Brown.
0: Yeah, this isn't very interesting to listen to, I've just realised. We're just sitting here in silence. Once the answer comes, uh, it might be interesting. But mm.
1: yeah. Go on. Daniel Bertoni, ah, who scored yeah. the last goal of the 3-1 win against Netherlands. Yes. And the other trivia tidbit about uh, Tata Brown, he's one of only two players to have won the World Cup or played in a World Cup final uh, without being unattached to a club because he was a free agent. When he went to the World Cup. Yes. He'd just being um, released by Deportivo Español.
0: The only World Cup winner to have done so. So who's the I other one so. to have played the I
1: final? Didn't. Uh, oh, you didn't look up where so. it I didn't look course. up. I, I don't think he's in an Argentina.
2: What yeah. was it yeah. that he won the two titles for? Because he, he's, of course, uh, he, he won with in, Estudiantes.
1: He won the 82 Metropolitana and the 83 Nacional under Pilar hmm. with the Estudiantes. Yeah, yeah, so that's very sad. I believe he's the. The second member of that team to pass away after his defensive partner, Kuchufa. Yes. Who died in a very strange um, hunting accident. Oh, yeah. I've um, heard about that happened, yeah. He he was driving with, I think, a shotgun next to him, braked, and it somehow managed to go off. I think he had the gun between his legs for some reason. Did I hear about this when it happened? When did it happen? Two. 2009, yeah, possibly. Yeah, okay, so I, I don't sound like
0: a dick for saying I remember that. And then you say saying, no, actually it happened in 1988. So No, no, no. it was uh, more recent than that, yeah.
1: So that's very sad. He's a guy yes. who was very well respected, I think, in, in the world of Argentine football. And, and he'll be missed. He had a very yes. nasty battle with Alzheimer's and... And he was young, Alzheimer, of course, he was. Uh, the yeah, six, I think 60, 62, 62 already uh, yes. today. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was incredible to watch uh, Batista, Checho Batista. Mm. Uh, he, he was said uh, that uh, Brown ha, has, had died when he was in the studio, in mm-hmm. Team Fox Sports, and he had to leave yeah.
1: because he, he started crying. And Sherry yeah. no, as well was another guy, I think. He started talking about him on on air with Fox and, and yeah, was, was devastated.
2: Yeah. Yes, and Bilardo, the yeah. other guy you mentioned, because uh, of course he was the coach of, if mm-hmm. for the Andes and the, the yeah. national team in '86 World Cup, uh, he had also these uh, problems with his. Which is
1: cal- a little bit more positive, yeah, because yeah. it seems he's at least out of intensive care now, right? Or yes. out of the woods somewhat. I believe so. He's been really, really quite bad with with yes. illness, but he might just be turning the corner. Mm. Yeah. So did. just uh, to put it. Out, a little bit of positive news on the end of this fairly depressing little <laughs> segment.
2: Yeah, they're all see, this thing, thing we've grown really
1: sad. In order to change the mood a little bit,
0: I'm now going to very quickly pause the recording, mm-hmm. refill my glass, and then we'll get on to listeners' questions. Thanks. But from your point of view, listeners, you're not going to hear anything at all, because It'll I'm be just going to do a really professional oh, cut here.
2: Sorry, Sam, but as a quick oh, go on. note, and a quick note uh, that we have mentioned that Santiago Silva had a positive doping when he was playing for oh, Gymnasia.
0: Yeah. Back in April, April, when he was at Gymnasia, he, <laughs> he failed the doping test. This only got reported, was it today or yesterday? It was yesterday, t- Yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, and of course, now he's signed for Argentinos. <laughs> so Argentinos, having signed him on the understanding that you know he'd be playing yes. for them, now might not be allowed to, to play yes.
2: they, they will, of course, uh, uh, I don't know how to say, it, appeal this decision, uh, because uh, he was on, on treatment to, of course, become father. Uh, Fertilization treatments, and that's the testosterone. Uh, That's what it's on the on the doping.
0: Those doping control. That's why he failed it. Yes. Oh well, interesting. I hadn't heard
1: that one before. I must say.
0: Anyway, uh, you'll hear nothing at all now um, because I'm about to cut, and I'm really professional at it. So we are about to refill our glasses. The first question that we have had is. Oh, I've got to scroll up a bit, because what I thought was the first question was actually a comment last week. Um, Biting Flea, Mm -hmm. who says, congratulations on your 350th show. Haven't been there for all of them, but for most of them, onward and upward. Question, is Boca's Copa Argentina exit a big shock? And what are your thoughts on De Rossi's performance?
1: I mean, yeah, of course. first of all, thank you for your very kind congratulations. We'll try and make it 350 more, but... Steady. We'll, well see. I'm not it's going to be on anything else to do. Yeah, it's a shock, of course. Um, Boca aren't allowed to lose any matches, least of all to lower league opposition. In fact, I can't remember them having lost a Copa Argentina game to lower league opposition. In, might be the first, yeah. It might well be the first. This is the kind of, the kind of thing we should research beforehand. They've got a
0: pretty strong Copa Argentina record. since do. It was reborn. I mean, they've won it twice. I mean, they've reached a couple of
1: at semis least twice. Like yeah. That. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they haven't lost to a lower league club. Uh, so yeah, it's a big, it's a big defeat. Um, it's not going to be, as I said in the, uh, before the break, it's not going to be the end of the world because uh, it's a team that's still. Sort of coming together, there's a lot of new signings and their overwhelming priority is is uh, Libertadores. If they win the Libertadores, no one's even going to remember this game. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty much not acceptable for, for Boca to lose against Almagro, let's say it like that. Uh, De Rossi, I mean, yeah, as I said, he's a, he's a world-class midfielder and he was playing against Almagro, I mean... How many conclusions can we really take uh, from that game? He looked sharp. Uh, he looked mobile enough, which I think was the, the most important thing from from Bocker's perspective. Um, he didn't look to be flagging particularly uh, seriously when he was taken off uh, about on the hour mark. And I'm, I'm going to imagine we'll have a better gauge of his... Of his current level, his current fitness this weekend, because I imagine he'll play. I believe Boca host Ellosivi on on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I imagine he'll make the first team. So that's going to be a, a better indicator of, of of where he's at. But I, I, I think
0: he'll be all right. I, I, I think that yeah. I, I've had a sort of some I wouldn't say arguments, but I've, I've had some discussions with an acquaintance, uh, another English guy who moved down here uh, about a year and a half ago. Ish um, you know name And occasionally No no It's nobody <laughs> that, uh, that That anybody listening to the podcast Will know um, But occasionally um, He uh, comes around to my place To watch a game or whatever And he always complains about The poor technique um, Of the players And it, it's,
1: it's quite surprising And I, I can Did see he not what it watch means. United-Chelsea on Sunday? I'm just saying. But the, no, I'm sorry, but the, the, the
0: technique there is not not the issue. I mean, his, his point is that you've got some players in, in even the top flight here who struggle to trap the ball properly. Yes. Um, and I can see what he means, but I, I think that more of the problem, um, actually, is that the players here don't always have the fitness. It's certainly true that the technique has gone downhill in the 16 years that I've been following Argentine football um, here. Um, but the... Um, I think that the fitness levels are, are the big thing. It means that players do find it more difficult to say stoppable while running full pelt. Because oh, they're not necessarily is. fit. It's not always a, a, a lack of technique per se. Yes. Um, whereas De Rossi obviously has played his entire career in Europe and almost his entire career at a very high level mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, I don't think he's going to have those same issues. And it, it did strike me when he came down here and when they unveiled him, I thought, on the one hand, it's kind of amusing... That the Argentine television channels, particularly Fox Sports, are picking this one line that he said in his unveiling out. And on the other hand, it's interesting that that is something that he chose to say as well. And the line was, I have come and and I've had a look around Boca and they strike me as a very serious club. Mm -hmm. Almost as if he wasn't expecting to find a very serious club. (laughs) Uh, which is easy to laugh at but as I said I, I think it, it's kind of interesting because he, he clearly is a very serious player if, if you will
1: oh you can uh, tell so. the difference instantly I mean the two players that come to mind in recent Argentine history at least who were kind of world world class and came to Argentina obviously Argentines uh, would be Tevez uh, when he first came back to Boca yeah. and uh, Melito Diego Melito uh, yeah. two guys who were. I wouldn't say over the hill But rather than over the hill Kind of just starting to scale the peak. hill Yeah, Starting to scale the hill when they came back And, and the difference was, was just incredible I mean Melito in his first season Pretty much took a very uh, workman-like Very average Racing team to the title Pretty much Almost without breaking a sweat
0: Yeah, and Teres It
1: uh, did Dropped a off a little bit I mean, during his first yeah. six months. He was, he was oh, yeah. playing a different unplayable, sport yeah. to everybody else in the country, unplayable. and
0: then I think he started to enjoy being back home again after so long. For yes. a bit I think
1: that's true. Yeah, um, you can uh, tell the uh, difference with these guys who were who were at the top of the game, hmm. and and then come back well, not that uh, Sever Beron well, as well when he Beron yeah Beron in two thousand nine
0: quite some yeah. way past his peak by the time that happened. Rekellme <laughs> in two thousand seven yeah He was unplayable
1: in South America yeah.
2: But when we when we went there recorded the special uh, Han of Paul episode, extra, I think, mm. uh, um, talking about the, 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 the foreign players that have, have played in Argentina. I don't think we mentioned any, any Italian player. Perhaps I need, there were Spanish players. Well, De Rossi is the European. first
0: proper Italian to play here. Um, there have been others, obviously, with Italian passports, and, and in especially Bocas. Uh, very early history, there were various players of Italian extraction or Italians who moved here as kids or whatever, but De Rossi is the first player to actually be an Italian and, and have not... not really have any connections with Argentina. Without
1: connections, yeah, but... Because
0: you are going to say Camaro
1: Arnese. No, 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 no. before that. I read this, I really should have made a note of it because I saw the stat and it was fantastic. De Rossi is the first... Italian born person to score for Boca for something like 10,000 days mm. because the previous one was either in the early 80s or the late 70s, and I can't for the life of me remember uh, <laughs> his name, um, Silvio Maverino, kind of the uh-huh. stats king of Argentine football, tweeted it. Yeah, and his name is completely, I mean, he's not. Um, a famous person or a renowned yeah, yeah. player at all. Was a, uh, he was a guy who was born in, in Italy region. to Argentine parents and then came across kind of instantly.
0: So it's a bit like saying that David Trezeguet was the first French-born person to score for River since Gonzalo Higuain. So.
1: Something along those yeah. lines, yes. That's uh, a very good analogy.
0: Uh, Nicholas Anderson says, any advice on websites for Argentine soccer news? I'm tired of Onlet's garbage two-paragraph inverted commas articles and La Nación's limited content. Um, the first thing that I will say to that, first of all, from the question, I'm assuming that for Nicholas, at least, uh, being in Spanish isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so the very first thing I'll say is, if by La Nación's limited content, you mean the fact that you are limited to a certain number of articles per month on La Nación, mm-hmm. unless you um, open an account with them, which you don't actually have to pay for it, but you don't have to give them your email address and stuff. Uh if you just go to the La Nacion Sports homepage and right-click on articles and open them in an incognito tab, mm-hmm. then they don't count towards your limit. Because uh-huh. I I did the, I, I got a login with them like two years ago. And then mm-hmm. for some reason, every time I typed in my password, it would say, wrong password. You can't read this article. So I just started up in the inc- incognito tabs to try to see whether it would work. And it does. It does uh, yes. So don't tell them I, I told you. That. But do just do that. Uh, if, on the other hand, you think that La Nación don't publish enough stuff, guys, any other options? Doble Amaricia is a good site. Doble Amarillo is a very good site. Mm-hmm. It's
2: a, well, even former, some of the journalists are the same. Yes. Uh, former La Nación, uh, like, I think you mentioned Fernando Cis. Mm. Mm-hmm. So one
1: journalist that uh, writes there. Um, yes. How As, do you pronounce that surname, by the way? It's I'm guessing it's Cis. Cis? Yeah. It's, sure sweet.
0: I've, I've never asked him. Yeah. He's... I think he's one of the two because Alejandro Casar who obviously follows all of us um, the, the sports editor of La Nacion, and I think Cease is one of the other ones who, who follows me and I think mm-hmm. you, done Then there um, is a good
2: site uh, Ovación which is a family of a, A24.com, mm-hmm. uh, site. This isn't the
0: Ovación that's the, the El Pais of Uruguay. No, no, no. It's this another
2: is one. another I, I, I subscribe uh, to a newsletter, newsletter which is called Ovación which is part of uh, a24.com, mm-hmm. which is a site, a site uh, uh, relatively new, which uh, provides information of all kind of information, and they, they have a part uh, dedicated to sports, mm-hmm. uh, and they bring this newsletter. But uh, if you want to go to the site, it's I think, which is a24.com, and you there you have I think the 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 part which is the sports, uh, colovacion I think.
1: Fantastic. But that as well. If you want to read, kind of not just. Uh, transfer stuff and Superliga stuff but kind of more grassroots stories maybe the kind of more of how the politics interacts with the game and whatnot. not uh, Tiempo Argentino is a very good place to look for sports stuff
0: Indeed and if you want to hear about how politics interacts with the game then become a Patreon subscriber because that's what mm-hmm. we're going to be recording Hand of Pod on uh, today um, mm-hmm. uh, Al Lowe says occasional watcher and Lucas Vera caught my eye when I watched Lanús. There's not much information on him out there in English. Does he have much of a future upside? Is he well regarded?
1: I didn't know who he was. I
0: retweeted honest. this a couple of hours ago, and now I'm regretting doing so, because it makes it look like I must have Sorry, researched I, this.
2: Sorry, I was reading that ovacion site. <laughs> uh, what was the... the
0: Lucas <laughs> Vera of Lanús. Yes. Any opinion um, on him, Andres?
2: Well, he, he I watched him on, only when he played for River, and... Yeah, he was interesting, but it's too too early to to say what is uh, what is uh, well what he he's able to do what what is uh, up to because uh, uh, his first matches that he's playing, but he looked uh, like he
1: dares to to dribble to. to is he midfielder forward? I haven't. It's I literally to... haven't heard of him until that question. No, I mean I, and I did try and I remember, remember playing... then another guy who'd. Who now plays in This came up and I got confused and the baby started crying I, I, I remember him some other stuff
0: I remember him playing for um, against, against River Yes. Um, apparently he only played I'm just looking at his Wikipedia now because I thought I'd look up how old he is I'm slightly surprised to find he's 22 years old mm. um, which considering he's only just breaking into the first team for the first time first team for the first time um, <laughs> is a little bit surprising um, but yeah I mean as you said he looked lively but apart from that don't know an awful lot about it. Wait,
1: so he them. has an English Wikipedia page, but not a Spanish one? Yeah,
0: Ah. It looks that way, unless it's Spanish ones with a he was different Lucas Vera and they've just not got it in the
2: Apart, apart from Agustin Rossi, he was, the be- I think, one of the best uh, players on pitch, mm. uh, but he, he was creative and, and was, like, uh, atrevido,
0: uh, I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, Would you like to
1: venture a translation, Dom? Uh, no. Because I'm not sure what I'd say either. I was just distracted for a while because I realised that when I was talking about the Nacional B earlier, you didn't correct me. Which no, I didn't. I thought was very strange. No, you're quite right. We're and a I'm bit just about... seeing on, on telly that it's now called the Primera Nacional. It is indeed. Which is... Did you not know this? I had forgotten. I see. And I'm very set in my ways and it's sometimes actually... I even call Superliga Primera because I'm just that crazy. Indeed.
0: Uh, it's actually kicking off in half an hour. Nine, nine o'clock is the first game. Why they're talking about it on your what, television Why the spice again. Is uh, that um, on TV? I'd oh, rather watch yeah, that than alone, I Yeah, showing it on, Pologne, te- I'm showing it on te- so. Yeah. Torneo
1: Nacional, but the, it says it's a Torneo Nacional. So what's going on here? I've no idea. I mean, but there you go, Chacarita. Well, what How many names?
0: Belgrano English says, are we starting Mystic Sam for the Primera Nacional this week? There we go, topical question. Yeah. Or should we wait one more week so we get the feeling for the teams? Uh, no. no, I don't think we will be. Sorry. I doubt we'll be starting it next week either um, <laughs> Tom Robinson says do you still do you think Adolfo Gaich will force his way into the San Lorenzo starting 11 this season or will he leave before we get a proper chance to find out
1: I mean the big problem is that San Lorenzo have gone out and signed 30 players this, uh, this summer but how yeah many this
0: have, winter how many of them have been centre forwards they've got Barreiro ok yes, yeah, so they have signed some centre forwards they field, have
1: signed yeah. centre forwards um <laughs>
0: I, I think that is
1: going to get... Angel a Romero. I is think is going to get a chance. He's going to play some games, yeah. Uh, it's going to be difficult because having invested so much and then uh, instantly going out of the Libertadores, they're going to have to play some of these signings in Superliga games yeah. to justify signing them. Uh, I imagine the idea was, um, before going out of the Copa Libertadores, that guy Gaeth- was going to play quite a bit of Superliga... Uh, minutes, while the new, the new fellas were going to play more Libertadores. But yeah, the best laid pl- plans of mice and men, and as nice. they say. Uh, he will, yeah, he will get action.
0: Uh, Phil Carney, Mr Lanouf in English, says, statement more than a question, but 350. Jesus, congratulations all. When's the 10-year anniversary? Uh, the 10-year anniversary, Phil, is going to be sometime next November. That's not this coming November, but November November 2020. 2020, Um, We will definitely get to that. As I said, hinted earlier when Dan said yesterday, I don't think we're going to get to another 350 (laughs) episodes before I get fed up of (laughs) of editing it. But having said that, if when we started it you told me we were going to go on for five years, I wouldn't have believed you. Never mind. You guys
1: keep supporting, keep uh, signing on to Patreon. If you keep signing on to
0: Patreon in very big numbers, then we might be tempted to carry on. Um, Wayward from Hayward says De Rossi looked really impressive in his debut If the rest of the squad practices their penalty takes Rolling eyes emoji Boca will win the Primera Sorry that wasn't the question um, As far as I'm aware uh, Superliga matches are not going to be settled on kicks from the penalty spot So it might not require the rest of the squad to be practicing their penalties
1: True, true
0: Unless they, they own penalties against Liga de Quito a, that's Libertadores, no? But even that doesn't yeah, that doesn't really affect yeah. their chances of winning the league. well uh, actually it might even improve them. If they go out yes. in the quarterfinals of the Libertadores and they can concentrate. Well we
2: criticized uh, Nicolás de la Cruz for that stupid panenka. Oh that was yeah. And this is the the Hurtado penalty was just
1: they just grabbed the ball. But De La La Cruz was when River already, what, four nil up? Uh, exactly. F- I,
0: I would have been interested to see whether De La Cruz would have done the same thing had it been gauntless still. Surely not. Um, Surely you not. would like to think not. <laughs> Perfect Tommy says, what are some of your favourite football books? I've got a holiday weekend coming up and I need beach reading material. It's New Jersey. It ain't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. Obviously, we are obliged, as an Argentine football podcast, to tell you to buy Angels with Dirty Faces by Jonathan Wilson. Uh, as we said when it came out, try and get hold of the UK edition, not the US edition, because the UK edition is about 150 pages longer um, and has more stuff in it. Um, other than that, my favourite... It's actually actually—it's been a while since I've read, for non-professional reasons, any football books, uh, for professional reasons... Because I'm now a proofreader as well, as some of you are aware. Uh, earlier this year, I read a book which is now available as hard copy and an e-book um, published by Ockley Books, which is Mench by Jonathan Harding, um, which is a book about German football coaching. Um, mm. And it's a lot more interesting <laughs> than the subject matter makes it sound. Yeah. So I recommend that. Um, I also tend to recommend my, my one of my defaults is The Ball is Round by David Goldblatt, which I read whenever it was published first because I've got a hardback edition of it in my parents' house still back home mm. uh, in like 11 or 12 years ago, which is an astonishing thing to have attempted and he pulled it off quite well. It's a global history of football. Um, right. Those are my two recommendations. Dan,
1: I'm um, Pretty much like you, I must be honest. Like Considering I work most of the week with football, um, it's too much of a busman's holiday really to... To then go and read stuff, more stuff about football in yeah. uh, in my spare time. I kind of hit the point a couple of years ago where so, I just thought
0: uh, I'd kind of just I'd rather read a novel now.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I've read a couple of interesting books, but more in Spanish when it comes to football. Um, hmm. A lot of uh, short stories, guys, with guys like uh, Mosquera, Soriano. I read a. Uh, a really interesting collection of short stories by Pedro Saborido, who's the the writer, the the guy who does all the scripts for, for Peter Capusotto. But oh. I'm seriously doubt you're gonna get those in New Jersey, so it's probably not worth mentioning too much.
0: Indeed, and you're looking at something on your phone. Yes,
2: of course I, I will put myself into a thermo supporter right now because I will recommend two River related books uh, I, I know whether the, the one who asked the
1: question is They have to be available in New Jersey, Andres this Oh, is well,
2: they are <laughs> I recommend them anyway <laughs> Yes, they are, I think they, they are uh, Or they can send by mail And it's okay La final de nuestras vidas Which is the final of our lives Which is, of course, related to the final of uh, Bernabéu final of Copa Libertadores uh, Between River and Boca And Gallardo Recargado Which is the Obrinsky books uh, in which he interviewed Marcelo Bachardo in a very long interview. There are two books about him, about uh, Marcelo Bachardo written by him, by Diego
1: Brinsky. Mm-hmm.
2: So that, those are the books I...
1: I believe La Finale de Nuestra Vida" is by the same author as the book which is currently lying open on my sofa. And Andresburgo, and yeah. Yes. Um, I was looking up some stuff uh, for the article I wrote about uh, Tata Brown like, that's another book recommended. And I met uh, Borrego. He's a very nice chap. Yes, He's wrote a little inscription in that book for me. Oh, that's nice. Which I it? got for free. That was that book. Actually, is uh, El Partido. It's about Argentina, England, nineteen eighty-six, and a very good read if only in Spanish. So,
0: so that's another recommendation.
1: Yes, Daniel
0: Acor. Well, Daniel Acor is all one word. Says, yes. how will San Lorenzo and Independiente survive financially after the last international results and the last transfer window?
1: And the last election, as we will talk about a little bit later as on, we Hand it, of yeah. Extra. Well, <sighs> it will, will, will be problems. a problem, of course. Uh, in the case of River, the, the
2: board members ask their, the agents of the players to hold on and wait until the situation is a bit calmer.
0: Yeah, yeah, which I think makes some sense. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be the only clubs who are in difficulties due to the results of the
1: uh, primaries. Um, I mean, it depends because. A lot of clubs have just seen a whole load of debt wiped mm. off the face of the earth. So they might not be too upset. True. Debt and pesos, let's say. Indeed. Uh, David yeah, Cito right.
0: says, what are the chances of San Lorenzo getting the stadium move that they want? I believe they want to move to Avenida La Plata, where their social club is, the heart of Boedo. Uh, well, they, they own that ground again now, as they yes. do from the 1st of July, as we mentioned Towards the end of the Copa America, right? I think it was. But we said that that was going to be happening. That's
1: just the trifling matter of uh, putting a stadium up Getting
0: the money together to put a stadium up, which is rather more doubtful and it's going to take quite a long time if it happens. But in theory... Ten years,
1: conservatively.
0: Yeah. I mean, in theory... How how long has the studio stadium been going on for? We make running jokes about it. 60 years. At least as long as Hand the Pod has been being recorded. Um, But in theory... Longer. The the chances are high. Uh, Yeah, no, exactly, it was already a thing that they should have, supposedly they were going to open it shortly after we started recording, and they're actually now going to open it around about the time of our ninth anniversary, (laughs) so so that gives you some idea. And San Lorenzo, yeah, I I can't see it taking very much less time.
1: I'm going to say in ten years they might have a stadium there, Mm. so listen to the pod in ten years' time for the 700th episode and you will see. But
2: about the stadium, imagine that if there are problems with the contract of the players taking about the taking into account a hundred dollar value right now. <laughs> but to build a new stadium, well, eh,
1: Really, is, I see it really, really difficult. Although, now recent political uh, news could change this. And you'll have to listen to Handle Pod Extra to find out why.
0: Indeed it will. We're going to start recording the Pot Extra in a minute. Uh, don't panic, by the way, if you're not a, a Patreon subscriber. We will, of course, be talking about how uh, Argentina's it, it now appears inevitable change of president um, affects the AFA and, and the Argentine uh, Superliga. We'll talk about that when it actually happens on the main podcast. Um, but if you're a 100 Extra subscriber, then you're going to get a small sort of, I guess, a sneak preview of it in some ways or, or predictions as to what might happen. Um, following the, 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 the open primary results of, of last Sunday, which is why there was no Super League of Football at the weekend. Uh, for now, though, we're going to take a very short break and Mystic Sam is going to be taking on Mystic Nate this week. So don't go away. OK, here we go. Uh, this week's predictions, I'm taking on Nate, as I said already, and we are going for, we have gone for a fair few of the same ones, uh, but here we go. Argentinos Juniors versus Banfield. Um, Nate's going for a draw, I'm going for a Banfield win. Tacheres versus Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero, we're both going for Tacheres to win that one on Saturday. Newell's Old Boys vs Union, both of us predict a Newell's win. San Lorenzo vs Rosario Central, both of us predict a San Lorenzo win. Racing vs River, Um, Nate's going for a draw. I, after a bit of consultation to ask Andres how seriously River is going to be taking this game, have decided to go for a River win. Um, On Sunday, Patronato vs Huracan, Nate thinks is a Patronato win, I think it's going to be a draw. Defensa y Justicia versus League Leaders, Arsenal de Sarandí. <laughs> Nate reckons a draw. I'm going for an Arsenal victory. Lanús versus Vélez. We both think Vélez will win. And Boca Juniors versus Aldo Cidi. Uh Well, neither of us are stupid, so we're going for a Boca win, both of us. Um, on Monday there are three games because Monday's a public holiday here so one of them's going to be relatively is early it? on yeah oh, that's good no it's not, not a level, no
2: it's not it's a non-working day but not a national
0: oh right okay. Yeah. I just needed my girl for another day off okay. anyway on Monday there are three games Atlético Tucumán versus Godoy Cruz Nate is going for Atlético to win I'm going for Godoy Cruz to win Colón versus Gimnasia y Escrima La Plata Nate thinks that Colón are going to win that I think it's going to be a draw and estudiantes versus Independiente. Nate's going for an Independiente win. I am going for a draw. Best game of the weekend. It's got to be Racing River, hasn't it? Got to be. Yes. Um, if you're a fanatis um, customer, then make sure that that's the game that you catch. Uh, the defending champions of Argentina mm-hmm. against the reigning champions of South America Indeed. Um, in a an all-Big Five Clásico it's okay. difficult to get much better than that isn't it? Lanús versus Vélez I think should be interesting as well um, Lanús look maybe round about where Vélez were about a year ago maybe improving trying to push forward with more attacking football not quite there yeah, yet possibly. and Vélez obviously as I've sort of just implied by, by that description Vélez look further along that same road um, and Boca versus Aldo Cibi, as we mentioned earlier is likely to be Daniele De Rossi's first league appearance for Boca and of course his first match in the Bombonera but Aldo Cibi, their name starts like Almagro Al Aldo
2: <laughs> so I, I, I won't say Boca will win it easily they, will, they should win
0: of course <laughs> Andres is trying to curse uh, Boca it seems so yeah, like really. um, those are the, the things to watch for um, for now thank you very much for listening and goodbye for another week from English Town. Goodbye, thank you for listening. Andres. Thank you, goodbye. And me, thanks and goodbye. A uh, big result to tell you about in the Copa Sudamericana. Colón are through to the semi-finals, having beaten Sulia 4-0 uh, for a 4-1 aggregate win in Santa Fe. So congratulations, Colon fans.